Welcome to the Cult Film Showdown's controversial Saturday morning cartoons featuring the masters of marketing that produce these <laughs> cartoons based on R-rated content. These are Saturday morning or daytime cartoons uh, aimed at children that were based on very much not those things uh, properties. And I am your host, Jim Cotta, and I am joined by Nick Boxer. Hey ho, <laughs> by Crom, I'm glad to be here. Polishing off his bowl of Frankenberry, Jack Hall. Speaking of weird, oh man, I, I, Frankenberry was okay. Booberry, you mm. turn your stuff boo, blue, <laughs> and uh, that was not, it had a lot of dye in it, is what I'm saying. It was not, uh, yeah. Mom didn't keep buying it for me. Yeah, I'm. I'm still like I. I like the. Uh, I like that Flintstones breakfast cereal, and then like the bowl of cocoa pe- uh, of uh, cocoa pebbles shows up. I'm like, ah, uh, should have been more specific. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, by Crom, we are talking about the 1992 to 1993. Uh, series two seasons called Conan the Adventurer. And uh, Jack, let's start with a bit of context on this show. Conan the Bar- or the Adventurer, um, based on the Conan the Barbarian novels. Uh, what are we going to say? It's not from Robert E. Howard uh, that was created in the 1930s. Let's see, they were, uh, this has come out in 1992, uh, so it's 10 years after the uh, Conan the Barbarian film, and uh, eight years after its sequel, uh, Conan the Destroyer. Uh, so in many ways, you say it's it's probably not really based on the Conan uh, movie so much as it is based more on the on the books. But even in even in that context, it is very much uh, defanged as mm-hmm. far as its uh, its violence and sex. Um, it had 13 episodes in its first season in 1992, and then uh, 53 episodes or 52 additional episodes for a total of 65. It was followed by Conan and the Young Warriors. Uh, which lasted 13 episodes and was uh, not very good from what I understand. This one's actually fairly well thought of, um, but it is, uh, I mean, I'll be interested to get your guys' take because it's not, for me, it didn't work that well. But, uh, I mean, certainly, um, you know, people people do praise it for being fairly close to the early novels as far as characterizations and and, uh, you know, uh, characters and characterization is concerned. Like I say, for me, just the, the problem that Conan without sex and violence just isn't Conan. You know what? I, I would tend to agree, but I do have a huge caveat here. Um, I think what we watched is a terrible pilot to an actual good show. Um. Because after the pilot, I kind of fell asleep with it on and then woke up and uh, started watching it again. And I have to say, like, the five episodes I 
watched once I woke up, I was really into. Mm. Yet the pilot is just terrible without without any of the supporting characters in it. Um, I I might as well just go right up into the recap here. Uh, This pilot basically gives you a bridge version of Conan's origins. Um, You know, Conan in this incarnation, uh, we start in Shimeria. Um, He's a young boy. He gets a magic sword departing from the source material. Uh, And then a snake bad guy shows up, turns his family to stone, and Conan is off on a quest. And he gets a really annoying sidekick in (laughs) the form of a phoenix, uh, a baby phoenix to accompany him on his ventures, who lives in a magic shield. And he's off to get the bad guy. And that's really all that happens in this pilot episode. Um, But as I said, by the third episode, it gets actually kind of engaging. In fact, even adapting famous Conan stories like The Elven Tower by the third episode. um, I was actually surprised how much I liked this despite how neutered it actually was. <laughs> that probably will be the complaint consistently from us and for most people, I think, is how neutered it is. Um, uh, for me, like I say, this first episode felt like you you took Conan and He-Man'd him. Because uh, I, I could not feel like, oh, I could just watch He-Man and get something similar. And that this, you know, like, it didn't feel very... It didn't feel very, I don't know, fresh or, or or to me. And I don't know, maybe that does change in the further episodes in. I think they just had so much to stick in that first episode that the actual flavor of the show can't be told. Yeah, and you have the you have that challenge of like your pilot episode also has to sell it to a network. So I, it, that uh, that baby phoenix, more than anything else, looks like something that the network wanted, whether like they gave it to them from the start or the network's like, hey, can you have a cutesy sidekick that we can make toys of, uh, you know, like He-Man has, like She-Ra has? Um, How was it with cartoons of that era, before and after, that insisted on having the annoying voice sidekick character even as a kid on all the popular <laughs> shows i hated this character i've never met anyone who really loved that squeaky voice character that's in every <laughs> show i know part let's of say it is, it's everywhere it's 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 it was a must-have in all these series and yeah you're right i don't know anybody who ever liked him yeah, I, mean, I don't. Luke I Shimer provided the voice on the ones done at a uh, um, filmation, and he just liked the voice. I kind of get that, but no matter who was producing a show, you have a character with the exact same voice that just wants me to kill somebody. <laughs> I think that. I don't know why they were all that because they were they were all that high pitched 
cutesy. I, I mean, functionally, they're there so the main character has someone to talk to. Um, that uh, they can get into their own hijinks and their and their own trouble. Um, so they're not, you know, co-leads. They're not useful in a fight in any way. <laughs> but they're there so that you know, so that you don't need a narrator. So that Conan doesn't have to constantly explain things to his horse, um, which you know he does a bit of it. He does a bit of anyway. He does up to the point where he gets the psychic. In fact, <laughs> that was a bit in the pilot I did enjoy. Uh, the naming of the horse was hilarious. <laughs> that Conan keeps tr- pitching names to his horse, and then the horse <laughs> bucks him off every time he gets it wrong. <laughs> Like finding us a name that satisfies the horse. I'm glad real animals <laughs> aren't smart. Thunder was probably not the best idea. No, <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm glad real animals don't have that same thing. I'm glad, like, I named my cat and it's like it scratched me a couple times to let him know that wasn't a good one yet. Like, that would have sucked. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty committed to the names before we even got them, so. <laughs> <laughs> so glad that worked out. Uh, <laughs> uh, my cat doesn't know her name anyway. She just knows food yeah. and uh, shedding, really. Those yeah. are the two things she knows. <laughs> uh, this episode uh, was written by uh, the, the amazingly talented Christy Marks. Uh, who wrote uh, episodes of all of your favorite 80s cartoons and uh, most famously the, the creator of Gem and the Holograms. Uh, so it was neat seeing... She, uh, she was the story editor on all episodes of the series. Oh, nice. 65. I would love to see a crossover. Conan meets <laughs> Gem in the Rockers. <laughs> that li- those lizard folks... Teaming up with, uh, was it the Misfits? Was that the other band? Misfits was the other band. Nice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the real the, Misfits. The Snake People thing was the awesome workaround because Conan could fight uh, lizard, uh, the Snake People um, without like incurring some sort of violence according mm. to 80s TV rules. Yep. And this movie was, that this show was probably later in the 80s, but it seems to operate on uh, 80s rules. It is in that window of like post-network pre-internet. Uh, um, yeah. And before you start getting the, the crazy amount of cable channels that you know were animation specific, because around the end of the, around the like, Basically, around the end of the 90s, you start getting the dedicated channels and the, the Saturday morning starts clearing out. You start having much fewer uh, shows like because uh, Fox owned that that space um, and did some really cool work. So it is kind of on this cusp of one or the other. The animation is uh, rougher than I expected from when this came along. Yeah, it's, I found it less distracting that unlike Rambo, Conan actually puts on a shirt in the later episodes when it gets cold. <laughs> I was really surprised by that. 
it uh, it does feel like more of a world like even though the characters are a bit marshmallowy in their design uh it does feel like a like an inhabited world when they say they show the village and the the plane like the kind of planes and the city like it feels like they inhabit somewhere uh which isn't always the case often it looks like you know you just end up with flat backgrounds and um it is interesting like it i mean it's it's funny that the intro of the episode explains the entire episode and then you actually watch it uh like it's it is the summary of the first episode that they could put them be used on every other one um and they and they introduce this device that his family has been turned into stone he has to go get them so you've got this very quick and and simple why is he on this adventure um, element to it? And they actually, because I watched more, I know they actually returned to the parents several times, which I found refreshing. Because hmm. so often with these things, a motivation like that is mentioned in the first episode, then is never really truly <laughs> returned to at all. <laughs> You see that every once in a while, and the showrunner writes another episode, and they're like, "Man, I really got to focus on this uh, search for a cure for my family." And they're like, "I just assumed that you weren't going to do that anymore because you haven't been for like ten episodes." <laughs> I, I just I like the uh, the Conan, the barbarian film origin of Conan, where he's like walking, you know, <laughs> with the what do you call it? I don't know that is thing. He's like going around in a circle and for like 20 years or something or 10 <laughs> years. And that's why he got so muscular. You know, he was like a slave. And I, I liked that so much. And uh, that was not in this. And it left me so disappointed. It, it I liked it so much. It, it, it actually managed to kind of color the rest of the episode. And I'm going, oh, come on. That was so cool. <laughs> you know, the, the picture of him going around in a circle, pushing the, the what do you call it? I don't know. It's just like a thing that goes around and around. Um, yeah, I think John Milius and uh, Oliver Stone would have had to get royalties if if they. <laughs> yeah, that's probably it, true. I was waiting for the same scene to be honest, and uh, and then I had to rewind a bit because I lost the thread as as I went down the rabbit hole of. But if he got strong by turning that thing non-stop he would also need a diet that supported that so like a lot of protein a lot of carbs um clearly water like he otherwise he would just get slower and slower <laughs> he wouldn't become giant muscle <laughs> sorry are you gearing up to uh throw to our our sponsor <laughs> that's that's right have you tried big wheel in the desert <laughs> it's the new workout plan <laughs> <laughs> from Billy Blanks. <laughs> Billy Blanks protein shake. <laughs> Big wheel in the desert exercise machine. <laughs> I mean, I bet you we could market that. I must I must find out what those things are actually called. Um, I, <laughs> I mean, it's like used to grind grain, I think. It's what like ultimately that the energy expenditure is supposed to do, but <laughs> Anyways, we're in a fantasy world. In a fantasy we are, world, we've you know, wandered. Yeah, we're, we're, we're off the track. Yeah, we're we're into the weeds, as they say. So it does set things up without 
I still I, I I am curious to try another couple episodes as uh, as Nick said that get a better feel of where they're going uh, as opposed to this really is a sales package uh, to establish what the feel of the show is going to look like and the look and the the basic premise like he in the first episode uh, he's just starting to assemble his uh, uh, what will be four samurai as opposed to seven. Um, cost cutting um, and uh, and then go off on adventures the there's a bit from the episode of uh, the bad guy the lizard guy is trying to release uh, set set Seth set set yeah uh, set, set is the group uh, our bad guy had a name that I was unfamiliar with well, like the big demon thing that's trapped in another dimension. Um, and uh, he's like, well, you just got to find meteor at uh, this meteor metal. And then you have to build seven pyramids and you got to put a Ouroboros at the top of each one of them. And I'm like, how, how do you know this plan? <laughs> like, this seems like an incredibly specific way to release you. <laughs> I mean, did did the? (laughs) I mean, the the guys, all those wizards that uh, that trapped you, like, did they just like this? Look, sounds more like a puzzle than it does a lock. Um, (laughs) Was this in case they needed to get you back? Like, (laughs) it also doesn't seem like something that you could build as the series went on. Like, like he gets victorious, so he builds one of the seven pyramids. Is that like? the way the show is going to be structured. <laughs> Got to defeat him before all seven. Um, much like a 1990s video game. Uh, Boss battles. Oh. <laughs> I I do, uh, Nick, you, you hit on something that is such a key point of 80s and 90s uh, cartoons uh, to have non-human people, that, or non-human beings that you can kill. Uh, we talked about that in RoboCop, um, that uh, having lots of robots that, even though they seem uh, self-aware, are still okay with destroying them. Uh, G.I. Joe introduced the uh, the bat uh, robots for the same reason, so you could just shoot something that uh, is not a person. Uh, and uh, and this does a great job because he doesn't have to stab to stab them; he just has to like touch them with the sword long enough. Um, and they go poof. Oh, later on in the series, we, there gets more magical weapons because all of Conan's uh, companions, and there are a lot in this show, <laughs> get their own uh, object. And wow, the ways these things reveal snake people is amazing. <laughs> it is. Funny I, I do they... have to ask because you mentioned you mentioned the other cast members. Um, I do have to ask about the toy line because mm. Hasbro did produce a limited toy line for this. Um, did you look into it at all there, Nick? Not one single iota did I look it up. <laughs> I'm wishing I did, though, now. Well, you'll have time while me and James fill <laughs> airtime. Look it up right now. <laughs> 
you know, the uh, the Conan, even Conan, like I talk about the sex and violence being missing, because it's just part of the world. It's just, it may, it, I mean, the whole point of Conan is he's a savage. I mean, there is the, the comic book, Conan the Savage, you know. He's a savage. I mean, even in the Conan the Destroyer movie, which was PG rated compared to R rated. I, I'm not sure if the, when it came out in 1984, that would have been about the time the PG-13 rating was created. So I'm not sure. It probably is, it predates it by a little bit, is my guess. Because um, I think it was 84 or 85 that that did was created for uh, Gremlins and and uh, Temple of Doom. But um, so even Conan the Destroyer being PG from the PG from the R-rated Conan Barbarian because it was so popular with children. Uh, even that movie to me is is neutered and hurts and it just hurts the property it's just if without the savagery he's just another he-man knockoff like I, I said earlier to me well, how about the uh the neutered section for you how does how did you feel about it there james i've i've not read any of the novels uh i do not ever no no and i'm not positive that i've seen conan the destroyer it's i think like, I think I remember enough of it that I start watching it and I'm like, oh, I have seen this. And then other times I'm like, oh, am I thinking of Red Sonia? Yeah, Red Sonia, where he basically plays Conan, but isn't. Yeah, it is strange to having the, the tone of this sword and sorcery. It really harmed the feeling of stakes in the story. Even though his family's been turned into stone, it's still like, no one's dead. Like, <laughs> you're not, like, you're going yeah. on an adventure, like, you know to thaw out your family rather than like, you know, any kind of moral moral need or or revenge or any kind of motivation. And there's no emotional motivation. It's very pragmatic. Like he wouldn't go on this adventure if there was any other way to, to unfreeze his his family. Um, like you gotta you gotta defeat this guy or you can go to the top of the mountain and get this flower. And he's like, flower it is. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> I don't know what else to say to that. That's a really good point. <laughs> All right, Nick. Nick, tell us about uh, what kind of toys uh, were tying into this. Because I, I imagine this, I mean, because it feels so much like He-Man, I expect that uh, there was some He-Man-ish things happened. Well, after literally... Uh, eon of research i've come back with the information that yes there was a toy line made by hasbro the characters had 5.5 uh po or sorry five points of articulation and action features featuring slashing motion um and there were several conan figures that end um, not a great looking line. <laughs> it isn't looking in some photos of this line. There's there's one guy that yeah. looks like a, a leftover from uh, uh, Sectars. <laughs> the little yeah, weird I visionaries are. Had a skull warrior in there. <laughs> they one, do one have of the a, things that gets me is uh, I'm looking at the toy line too, and one of the things that gets me is there's the Conan horse. And that's it for vehicles, and there's no action sets. There's no castles or villages or no. anything like that. that there's really common. 
I kind of cool. like that there was no Phoenix character that seemed to be included with any of the figures. Uh, he is tucked away in one of oh, the. Oh, I it, just didn't see him. Them darn. Yeah, he's in the he's in the shirtless Conan package. The little Phoenix is there. Uh, God damn it! Can't get away from that guy. And there was a second horse. There's a bad guy horse. Uh, so you know, Conan's has a silver armor, and the bag the bad guy strangely is a purple horse with gold armor, uh, which I toys aside. I mean, that really clashes. Uh, it's a bad look. Oh, uh, that means you're an LA Laker fan. <laughs> I think I think the Las Vegas hockey team uses that that coloring too. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a style choice uh, is what they made there. And then there's yeah, it looks like about a dozen figures or that kind of ballpark. Um, like maybe eight or ten, eight or ten ish. Um, and uh, well, is it Hasbro that made, uh, Hasbro made uh, G.I. Joe? Did not make right? It did. It was Mattel, I think, who did uh, He Man? Yes. Yeah, yeah He Man okay. was, yeah, an attempt by, because Mattel's big thing was Barbie, of course, and then they they needed something that would target the, the male audience. Um, but yeah, at 92, I mean, G.I. Joe was, was waning as a as a popular toy um they of course had had transformers as well which was still kind of transformers was fairly new at this point they are they are cheap looking figures for where hasbro was at though this may have been a budget line as opposed to transformers mm. um the limited ar- articulation and the obvious cheapness of the characters is this is like a birthday gift uh, type mm. line rather than a Christmas big present line. <laughs> so like a Kmart, Walmart kind of level yeah. brand as opposed to, yeah, something to, because at that point toys were, were starting to really ramp up in price. Uh, you got those more elaborate toys and all the new brands that were coming out, um, you know, around that time-ish, like Visionaries and all these other ones that, uh, Sectors, they were they were very expensive compared to uh, where the price point had been. What'd you have, Jack? Sorry, no, no, I just, uh, <laughs> my point didn't seem relevant anymore. Oh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no uh, yeah, no, these are cheap toys. you think they would have uh, gone more into it. It's funny, on the Wikipedia page for the Conan the Adventurer cartoon, it says it is among the most popular um uh, fantasy uh, you know uh cartoons up there with dungeons and dragons and he-man ever produced you know and uh i i wonder (laughs) about that i I think that may be pushing things a little bit if so certainly i think they would have pushed a little harder in the toy line (laughs) i feel like that's something that you tell people um so, it does so, even in, it does say citation needed right beside yeah, that. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> citation needed. Uh, I was reading Wikipedia yesterday because it was uh, a performer who had been in a real cult, uh, a super cult classic, and uh, and the Wikipedia does not mention this like very important part of their career. <laughs> like that's a that's a that seems like a 
like a you decided this rather than a Wikipedia decided this. <laughs> I guess you could I, I guess like how do you how do you debate it? I guess like it's when you say it when you use a phrase like one of the I'm like, well, one of like 50 or one of like five. <laughs> You're like we kind of open there. I mean, I can't think of a ton of other fantasy-based cartoons. Other, I mean, Dungeons and Dragons, E-Man. Can't think of a whole bunch of others. So maybe it's number three, like yeah. because it's it's the third of third. So it's way <laughs> up there with those other ones. Well, and a lot of yeah, a lot of the the fantasy stuff was doing the merge of fantasy and and another subgenre. Uh, like Visionaries is high tech with you know medieval armor. Um, there was a lot like we've already seen some of that in other shows that we've uh, we've been looking at. Anything else uh, to say about this show? No, I, I overall I enjoyed it, um, and uh, I am curious to see a couple more episodes and see how that how it starts to play as they get their feet under them um, well, as, as you it, say they have a very talented creator or mm -hmm. showrunner so I mean yeah. that there is reason to think positively there mm -hmm. Christy Marks indeed all right well that was Conan the Adventurer uh, we watched this on tubetv.com uh to be on your app of uh, your app device of choice and uh, again it's also on youtube uh, as everything seems to be cartoon wise <laughs> it's, yeah if it's on youtube like what you got there is your unenforced copyright um <laughs> so widely available and uh the Cold Film Showdown is sponsored by We Talk Podcasts. Uh, WeTalkPodcast.com is the home of the Octagon. You can find We Talk podca uh, Podcasts on Facebook and on Twitter.com. And we, uh, we are on Instagram and Patreon under the Cult Film Showdown. And next episode, we will be doing the one that inspired this whole thing. Uh, and if you look up any list of controversial Saturday morning cartoons, only in competition with Rambo, really. Uh, Chuck Norris, Karate Commandos from 1986 is the next thing we're taking a look at. And until then, uh, keep adventuring. <laughs> keep adventuring. <laughs> All right. <laughs>